Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. But there always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Deep Dive into Marketing on a Budget, informative. If you're unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our Facebook and YouTube pages, as well as favorite podcast platforms. If you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcast has been uploaded, please like and subscribe. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at AB and p.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Sophie Zolman is your business's new best friend. She's a certified online business manager, social media manager, and customer acquisition specialist. And she's been providing next level business support services to coaches, consultants, and visionary entrepreneurs for over 20 years. She's devoted to helping entrepreneurs achieve their dreams. When she started her business, she was lucky to have some incredible mentors along the way. Now she's paying it forward by sharing what she's learned and giving business owners the support they need to reach the next level. She's a skilled chaos coordinator with a passion for organization, and she uses her talents to give business owners back their time so they're free to focus on scaling their businesses and making more money. She loves creating the strategies and systems that empower businesses to do more. When she's not helping business owners build their empire, she's spending time with her husband, her kids, and her adorable grandson, preferably at the beach. She's a coffee addict, an 80s rock aficionado, and a proud muggle with a passion for all things Harry Potter. She's still waiting for her Hogwarts invitation to arrive, but until that day she come, until that day comes, she'll use her magic to take your business to the next level. When you're ready to scale, she'll be by your side all the way to the top. So Sophie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and to share uh, some great information with your, your people. 
Well, this is going to be a great topic. I love, you know, learning about technology and how it can make businesses easier to operate. Um, but before I do, I would love for you to tell me just a little bit more about yourself and how you became a skilled cast coordinator, as you named it in your bio. <laughs> well, it, it partially fell into it, you know, by accident, so to speak, but it was also, you know, the call to help support my family. 20 years ago, I had my second child and I was trying to be a stay-at-home mom, but it just wasn't financially feasible for us. So I started looking for online work because getting a job wasn't going to happen because all my money would go to daycare for our two children instead of to the family budget. So I started freelancing. And one of the first jobs I got was a, a virtual customer service representative for a gentleman in New York who had an e-commerce business. And I ended up spending about four years with him. And I progressed from that virtual customer service representative to his online business manager. And we took his company from $50,000 a year to $500,000 a year. But I got really burned out and he was paying me minimal money to do all that work. So I took a break and for about eight months, I was a stay-at-home mom again, but again, that just wasn't financially feasible. So I got into transcription and that's where I found all the amazing coaches, consultants, and online entrepreneurs that I now work for. And I was inspired to relaunch myself as a virtual assistant. And so I started there, jumped on social media and lived on Twitter and Facebook for months. My husband hated it, but then when it started to pay off and I started to get clients and, and actually then started a business in 2009 out of that, um, he saw the, the return on investment of my time and was all for it. So um, yes, uh, this month is my 12 year anniversary in business and it all comes from my time on Twitter and Facebook and meeting people and networking. And I've had many evolutions in that 12 years, started out solo Built, then added a team, then got my certifications and went solo again. And then I realized solo still wasn't enough. So I went back to the team model that I'm doing now and have really honed my skills and my team skills so that we can be those chaos coordinators. <laughs> Perfect. Well, again, today's topic, we're going to be talking about tech stack. Um, and I'm familiar with the term. I've heard it lots, but there might be someone listening who doesn't even know what we're talking about. So first, can you give a definition of what a tech stack is? Absolutely. Tech stack, I know in probably some people's mind is all the physical hardware, your computer, your monitor, your printer, but it's more than that. It's actually the software and applications you use in your business, especially as an online business where everything is on your computer online. It's your CRM, it's your email provider, it's your website, it's your shopping cart, it's your membership website. It's all of those things that you, you use to run your business, to support your clients, to offer your services or products. And to market yourself as well. I mean, there's social media technology too. There is, there's tech for just about everything you can do in your business um, to keep you systematized, automated wherever possible, and to make your life easier in getting things done and having a team to get things done too. It's not all man manual labor. Right. So if someone is interested in, you know, finding out what technology might be good for them and building a tech stack, what is the best way for them to even begin? Well, if they're a Googler and a researcher on their own, they can certainly go to Google and search 
for the types of things they're trying to do, you know, CRM, um, email management, client management, project management, you know, social media management. Hmm. There's, you know, even those little keywords can bring up tons and tons of options of the different software and apps that are out there for them to use. And they can also do it on their phone because so many of the tools that are online on your computer, on a web browser are generally usually on a phone too, or an iPad or your tablet, whatever you're using. So Googling and researching things is definitely your first step. But if none of that makes sense to you, or if it's all just too overwhelming, you can consult with people like myself to learn about the different tech stacks that are out there, the different tech options for the different things they're trying to do, because some people may not even know what to look for to be able to do something with a piece of tech or an app. So if that's not, uh, you know, if if researching it themselves is not an option, then they can consult someone like me or one of the many businesses out there that actually help people find the right tech for their business. Right. I do know that that can be quite overwhelming. And I know, you know, I've gone to accounting conferences and, you know, let's say in 2016, they had this document, you know, with the maybe 12 different types, maybe of software and, you know, all the logos of everyone. And then in 2018, you go back and it's even bigger. It just seems like there's always new companies that are coming into the technology space and all these different arenas. And so it's hard to know even where to begin. And then once you have something like, do you stay with it long-term? Is there something better? Like that whole topic can be like just so overwhelming for business owners. Absolutely. And yes, that, that is part of the reason it can be difficult to try to research it and figure out, figure it out on your own. Even if you're a fairly tech savvy person, knowing exactly what the tech does or knowing exactly what you need it to do can be hard Mm -hmm. to figure out because some people will go into this and think, well, I need a CRM that does X, Y, and Z. And then they go look and it's like, so many of them do that and so much more. And they're like, but I don't need all of that. What do I do? And so it's, it really comes down to, to consulting people who, who have a better feel on that now. And here's the thing is sometimes the latest and greatest is not the way to go because Many times the latest and greatest doesn't have all the bugs and glitches and things worked Mm -hmm. out yet. And you don't want to set up your business on this great new technology and then have it crash and burn in the middle of a launch or in the middle of your customer trying to buy something. So, you know, sometimes older is not a bad thing, especially Mm -hmm. if it's an older tool that continues to grow and change with the trends. And does it well, because I have been, trust me, there are so many tools out there, CRMs come to mind. There are so many that were just that basic CRM in the day, and they have tried to graduate and be with the big boys, the newer, the better, the shiny and more shiny ones. And many of them fail to do it well, and they fail to price themselves in a way that makes it worthwhile. And so I see a lot of people moving away from that one, which was super popular, to something else because they tried they they got too big for their britches um and doing didn't do it well so in today's world unfortunately there's and there's so many all-in-ones now and those Mm -hmm. you also have to be careful of because just because they can do everything doesn't mean they do everything well so sometimes consolidating into one massive tool is not really the best way to go because 
like I said, not, they don't always do every piece of the, the work well. Some areas of it will work better than others. And if a crucial area that you're working in doesn't work well, it can cost you business and, and money. And so it doesn't always make sense to consolidate that far down into like one major tool. Right. And some people may be familiar with like, yes, I know there's, you know, there's software out there for sending out my newsletter or helping me with my email or different things like that, or, you know, like the CRM, like you're talking about. Um, But there's a lot that can actually be automated through technology. So can you touch on some of those areas? Absolutely. Um, Social media, for an example, there are tons of social media management tools out there that allow you to upload and tons and tons of posts all at once and schedule them to go out at different intervals so that you can be completely active on social media, but not sitting on your computer every day, Mm -hmm. 10 hours a day doing your social media. There are tools to automate your client onboarding. Uh, There are tools to initially when you're until you're ready for that step of that bookkeeper and that accountant when you're just getting started there are some great bookkeeping tools that automate the ability to bring in your transactions and watch your money until you're at that phase where you need a bookkeeper and an accountant um like me i'm there i'm at that point Mm -hmm. so i have those things but before i got in got that i used a book just a simple bookkeeping software to put all my money into one place and watch my transactions and my PL and things like that. And then there are tools to, for project management, where you can manage your business, your team, your projects, your tasks, all of those things. Mm-hmm. There are calendar tools for automating your scheduling of your client calls, your appointments and things like that. And there are, um, you know, there's, there's a tool called Zapier, which is, it's like the mass integrator because when you have all these different tools, you want it, sometimes you need them to talk to each other and do things mm-hmm. automatically for you. And they don't do that by nature. So Zapier is this great little tool that will connect this tool to that tool. So when something happens in this tool, it automatically goes in this tool so that you don't have to do that manually. An example would be when someone schedules a call with you, it can automatically put them in your CRM, which can automatically trigger a welcome email and a mm-hmm. what's next email for, you know, get ready for the call kind of a thing. Um, because not all those tools go together. Many of them do, but when they don't, Zapier is one of those amazing little tools to have in your back pocket to make things integrate when they don't do it naturally. Right. I would love to touch on though, you talked about the bookkeeping software and I hear this a lot too, where people say, well, the computers do everything. You don't have to do anything, um, you know, and why hire a bookkeeper? But I would like to say too, there's a difference between transactions importing to your software um, and reconciling or posting correctly. So please make sure if you're going to use the technology, still double check your transactions and make sure everything's going where you think it is because your transactions could be posted incorrectly if you're not double checking. So we have a lot of people come to us and we have to fix their books because things just went wherever and they're not accurate. Oh, yes, yes. You definitely have to spend time like at least once a week going through and making sure the cat, because even when you set up those category rules in your bookkeeping tool, they don't always work. They don't always Mm -hmm. do it. So um, and, and because I also manage the, the our personal finances, we have tools for that too. It is like every Saturday morning, I'm up looking at our personal tools, and right. then I look at my business tools, and then and and I we you know and there's many things that I mean you still have to stay on top of those things. Right. You can't, you can't just 
plug and play and let it go. No, definitely mm-hmm. not. Cause no tool is perfect in doing its functionality, no matter how well you program it and how well you want it to do tech is tech. It still breaks. Right. It still has problems. It still messes up. So you do have to stay on top of your tech, even your bookkeeping, especially your bookkeeping tech <laughs> yeah. uh, more so than anything. Exactly. But yeah, thanks. I know the whole point of it too, is making things easier, more efficient. And a lot of the people who are listening to us are those small entrepreneurs. They're wearing all the hats, right? They're having to do the sales, the marketing, the, you know, maybe even packaging and shipping some of the stuff if they're just a brand new business. Um, But, you know, there's so many different things as business owners we have to do. So how can business owners actually streamline their business by using this technology? Uh, There are so many ways they can streamline their email communication by having the CRM. They can streamline the sales process, Um, not necessarily the sales call, obviously, if they have to Mm -hmm. do the sales call one to one. But, you know, having a shopping cart or a tool that allows them to run the transaction that triggers the email that triggers everything that they need to be able to if it is a physical product that they're shipping themselves and, you know, it triggers all the information they need to be able to print out a label and this, and, and all of that and be able to package it and go. Um, and then there, you know, you always want to manage your calendar and you can use scheduling tools for that to automate mm-hmm. your scheduling because going back and forth by email to schedule a call, it can be so difficult and time consuming. <laughs> and by the time you get the call scheduled, it's time to have the call because <laughs> It just right. takes so long to find that time that works for both people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the scheduling tools are very, you know, top of the list of things to automate in your business and the email management. And depending upon where you are in, in your level of business, having a project management tool like Asana mm-hmm. is, is really key because it, it goes along with your calendar. Your calendar kind of manages your day-to-day in some cases on a more general level, whereas Asana is your checklist of the things you've actually got to do one by one individually with, you know, and you can put the details in there and you can, and the cool thing about certain emails like Gmail and Asana actually connect and I can Mm -hmm. take an email and I can turn it into a task in Asana. So I don't have to leave it in my inbox, like starred and then still forget to go do it. (laughs) So that, you know, that's one of those things that's really great is a project management tool and, you know, streamlining everything that, you know, automating and using cloud storage. That's another big thing is having a nice organized cloud storage tool, whether that be Google Drive, Dropbox, Ignite, um, you know, there's different, you definitely want cloud storage. It's more, it's mm-hmm. easier to find things, especially if you know how to organize it and, and set up a filing system. Cause I mean, it is like a filing cabinet. It's just digital. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and I tell that to people that. too. For saving documents to, I said, instead of saving all these papers and you have to file and, you know, you just want to have a system. And so I can tell people as well, you know, this is what I recommend for, you know, saving your documents. But like I said, there's, it's so easy to now be able to organize and store things and find them easier than having to go to a stack of papers, <laughs> find that receipt that you need or something too. So it definitely is great. Absolutely. And so many of these tools, like I said, are on your phone. So mm-hmm. tracking expenses 
is so easy. You just snap a picture and put it in your Dropbox folder. Or, you know, there may be, depending upon, like if you use QuickBooks, I know QuickBooks has a tool for actually snapping that receipt and it automatically puts it in your QuickBooks and it automatically categorizes it, you know? So even if you're doing QuickBooks for your client, they can still have the QuickBooks tool on their phone to make it easier on you. And they don't come to you and say, here's my shoebox of receipts. You have to scan them right. and put them in the system. <laughs> right. Well, even if someone's audited in the future, you know, you've got everything stored in one place. It's easy to find instead of having to find boxes of papers to, you know, support them. If you can just say by year and by vendor, or however you store them. Um, and those are allowed, you know, for audits, you don't have to have the physical paper as long as you can prove everything, you know, so it's so much easier. You know. Definitely. I, we, my husband and I are both in our personal lives and, and he, you know, he works for a company. He doesn't have his own business, but he has to submit expenses for travel and things like that. And of course they have an online system for that. And so mm -hmm. he does, you know, he holds onto his paper receipts till he gets home, but then he does their system and takes a picture of them. And then once he gets his expense reimbursement, they go in the shredder. They don't right. go in a shoebox in a closet. Exactly. <laughs> so it's definitely yeah. a much better way to do everything in your business. The more digital you can be, the better. And, you know, I know a lot of people are worried about being hacked, about, you know, their hard drive, you know, their, their computer crashing right. and never coming back. There are many kinds of backup systems you can do that are, I mean, nothing is unhackable. I can't say that. I wouldn't say that. That would be a very falsehood to say. But right. there are many super, super secure ways to store your data. And that includes your passwords. That's one tech I didn't mention is password management tools. Mm -hmm. Do not keep your passwords on a Word doc, on your computer, mm -hmm. or on a right. Google Drive doc. Um, you know, Google gets hacked all the time. Love mm -hmm. Google, but you know, there are hackers out there that just love to mess with Google and they do it regularly. So if you have your passwords on a Google doc in Google drive, it's very dangerous. There right. are tools like LastPass and other things that are, and they, and they're great because they will, they can automatically log you in. They can, you know, and they, they are on your phones and your tablets. It's, it's a worldwide thing and it's so much more secure. Have they been hacked? I believe so long ago, but you know, everybody, you know, hacking is like a thing. Said, nothing is perfect. Nothing know. is perfect. So. Perfect. Nothing is impenetrable. You know, there are hackers out there and well, and some of them are ethical hacks because the company hire someone to see if they're hackable. And mm -hmm. then of course they tell you they did that because they have to, they can't just say, Oh yeah, we had an ethical hacker hack your stuff. You know, they still have to, right. you know, but you know, every digitizing as much as possible, having the online tools is safer, easier, and, and it's a much better way to run your business and your life too. Trust me, my husband and I are very digital personally as well. And it's just, it makes mm -hmm. life so much easier because we can remember the days of all those papers for tax time and, right. and all the, 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 our filing cap, we used to have multiple filing cabinets. We've got it down to one little two drawer filing cabinet that we religiously go through every year to get rid of something prior to seven years. Cause eventually it's going to mm -hmm. go away because we still have a few years of paper still in there, but right. you know, and you know, and some of the, some of the people you, you sign up for the e-bill and whatnot, and they still send you a paper statement. It's like, well, let's file it just in case. And then we can get mm -hmm. rid of it in seven years kind of a thing. But definitely right. the tech stack is important in everything you do. Mm -hmm. And in that, you know, just the, 
discussion that we were just having to, I was talking about having systems or, you know, having ways that you know how you're doing things and storing things. So how would you recommend someone systemize their business with the technology? Well, it really, it comes down to initially sitting down and, you know, brain dumping everything you do in your business and then categorizing it into um, like marketing operations, admin and the different things that the different topics or categories, you know, it's like the lo- the departments of a business, you know, your brick and mortar business has HR, it has finance, it has, you know, you're going to categorize it in that same way you would as a brick and mortar business. And then you can put the different tasks under those categories, the different things under those categories. And in some cases, you'll need to like put them in order because that's how you systematize. You have to put them in order. What comes first, what comes second. And then you can start looking for the tools that will help you put those things together into either automations or into like Asana for project management, the different things. And you can figure out the tech stack that goes with your different departments because there's marketing tools, there's operations tools, there's finance tools, all of those things. And you can gradually, and you can do it like one department at a time um, Mm -hmm. so that you're not overwhelmed. Because I know, know if you look at your whole business and go, oh my God, I do all of this and I have to organize and systematize that, you know, your eyes would glaze over and you'll be like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's for another day. Chunk it down by category. And even if if you've got a really big category, chunk it down, you know, handle, you know, the top 10 first and then the next 10. Don't let yourself get caught up in the big picture of it. Chunk it down because that, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's all systemization is, is chunking things down and automate where you can automate so that the fewer manual things you or a team member has to do the better. And it makes everybody's job and life easier because it's all systematized and it's stored in a way, you know, because part of systemization is creating the SOPs, the standard operating procedures for what everyone does in the company. So you need a filing system for that. You need an organization system for that because when you get those systems in place, especially those SOPs, that makes running your business a dream that makes hiring mm-hmm. and firing people easier too, because, you know, someone can't say, well, I didn't know how to do something. Right. No, the SOP was here. You, there's some other reason. So, you know, if there's someone not doing their job or not doing it well or correctly, they don't have that excuse. Well, I didn't know how to do it. Or I was just winging it because, you know, you have your systems, you have your SOPs and it makes everybody's job easier, not just yours. And it helps you stay on top of the team members, knowing that they're what they're doing, how they're doing it. And you'll know if a job isn't done correctly, because you can go grab that SOP really quickly and say, they're supposed to do this, but that's not right. And then then you can have that educated conversation with your team member and figure out what's going on. And do we need to improve the SOP? Do we need a checklist? Because sometimes SOPs are so long and involved a checklist that summarizes the exact points they need to make sure they cover can help them do a better job and it can make your better, your business run better. Right. So for those that actually are not just themselves running their company, but they have staff, whether, you know, they're independent contractors remotely working from another state, or maybe they're in their own office, what type of technology can they use to manage their team? Well, Asana is definitely, Asana or a project management tool is definitely a place for managing the work. And it can be the storage place for the SOPs and the processes and procedures as well, depending upon how you want to set up your your project management system. 
Also, depending upon that project management system, it can be the place for communication. Some teams want to keep some some businesses keep Asana or the project management tool strictly for the project management and the work and talk about the work. But as far as team relations and having other outside conversations that are team related are in things like Slack and Mm -hmm. or uh, Microsoft Teams, they have that Mm -hmm. chat tool to be able to do have quick answers because everybody gets so much email. We try to stay out of email whenever we can, especially with internal email, Mm -hmm. internal email can become such a nightmare, especially if you have a really big team or a lot of staff members, the business owner could go through a hundred emails in a day, just from their staff, if they're not careful. So building a communication system around email only if this um, mm-hmm. If it's this, keep it in the project management tool and on the task in, at hand. If it's outside of those two parameters, or you need a quick, um, you know, quick answer that can be hand that you know we're watching Slack all day long or whatever, put it in Slack. But don't ask somebody to do something in Slack. It's a conversation tool. It's not a mm-hmm. tasking tool. It's not a document storage tool. None of that. You have you keep your tools together separate for those purposes because. If you put it up, sometimes if you put it all in one tool, it gets overwhelming. Like your email gets overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It just, it's hard to find stuff. And even though they have great search options in there and you can organize the heck out of a project management tool, but even still that can get out of control. So sometimes you want to build the conversation tool and then the project management and work management tool. And then email is kind of a last resort unless you absolutely mm-hmm. have to do it. And then of course there's the filing system where and that's a cool thing about like a Dropbox. You can hold access away from people who don't need access to, you know, the keys of the kingdom, as I call it. Right. You know, now my, you know, when I'm an, a when I'm the business manager for the company, I pretty much need the keys to the kingdom, especially mm-hmm. if I'm going to be the person who everyone comes to instead of the owner. I've got to have that kind of authority, but I'm one of the only ones in the company that should have that. Team members should only have access to file folders and data and whatnot that they only need to have access to. And that's the cool thing about the online filing systems is you only give them whatever data they need. Same thing with Mm -hmm. LastPass and passwords. You only give them the passwords they need. Even if you make them a user of the account and they have their own password, you're still giving it into a system that is secure and it's easy to change because that, you know, when you, when someone leaves, changing passwords and taking away file access can be really difficult if you don't do something like that. So those things help you bring people on and manage them, but it also helps you offboard them securely and safely and fairly quickly uh, Mm -hmm. by having those kinds of tools to run your team and your business with and the work you do with your team. Right. So then on the sales side of things or trying to nurture leads, you know, that type of topic that we want to head into, what tech do you recommend for marketing funnels? Marketing funnels are very different per business. It kind of depends if you're a service business, a product business, or a combination thereof. And it also depends on if your product is like a digital course or a membership with that with content that goes in there regularly. You were, you're going to use a different tool for that depending upon what you're doing. Many of the the lead management and and marketing funnel tools that are, are, they're kind of sort of those all-in-ones, but again, you don't have to use them for that. But for the, for the pipelines or funnels 
where you're having someone like opt in and, or Mm -hmm. buy, you know, that kind of thing. I recommend things like Kajabi and Kartra. That's where you can have your funnels. And especially if you're doing content related courses and things and membership sites where you want people to have access to what you're teaching them, even if you're doing something live, you know, like a live Mm -hmm. mastermind with live calls, you want that place for them to go to watch the recordings in a secure place that you can remove access from them if they leave and it's not something they get lifetime access to. So okay. Kartra and Kajabi are great places for that. Um, uh, funnel, funnel, bleh, I have a hard time saying this one. Funnel Gorgeous is also a great tool for marketing funnels and, and all that goes with that. I do hear their email side of things isn't too good. So my, for email management of the lead side of things, I prefer active campaign. Um, you do have to have a little bit higher level than the base level of active campaign to use their deals section, but the deal section is where you can create your pipeline of leads and have a step-by-step process of, okay, they opted in, they booked a call, they had a call, and then you can step-by-step it and you can communicate with them and you can really track sales there. And plus it has automations that you can set up that automatically do things with those deals and those, those leads. Um, Another tool for that, you know, depending upon who you are, I mean, a lot of people use Salesforce, but that's usually the very super high end entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. who are in the probably high seven to eight figures because Salesforce is no joke, both in Mm -hmm. cost and, and the setting it up and using it. Um, another one that is good for that is, is HubSpot. HubSpot can be a really good lead management tool as well. Um, but you know, for me, I'm a Kajabi person, Kajabi or Kartra with a combination of like active campaign. Usually, um, some people I hear that keep has up their game in their new newest version. And so a lot of the lead management and funnel building can be done there and it, and it works well now. Um, so Definitely some options out there, depending upon the the aspects of the lead generation and what kind of lead generation and sales you're doing. Um, But those are the the top tools that come to mind to to me, especially for the coaches and consultants that I work with could be used for. And there, I mean, there's actual software like that for attorneys that are specific to attorneys. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're an attorney, then you want to kind of, you you can use the things I mentioned, but you might also want to consider the ones that are attorney specific because uh, from what I understand, I have worked with a few attorneys in the in, over the years. Some of their processes and procedures are very specific to mm-hmm. what they do. So some of the everyday tools, so to speak, don't work for them. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing to consider too, is your industry and what's required or what you need. You know, a lot of times there is industry specific software too, uh, but it is good to just have an overview of kind of what's out there too. And then if you find something that's more niche, that's great too, but. Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, always do your homework and, you know, even if you don't have the wherewithal to hire someone, you know, in the techie field to, to help you do it, talk to your colleagues, other people mm-hmm. in, in your business, in, in business like you, and, you know, because they may have somebody, especially if they're, they're farther along than you in, in years of experience and, and growth right. and whatnot, they can help you, you know, they can tell you what they've learned, what they've done, what worked, what didn't, um, because, you know, everybody has their tech nightmare story. They all, every, I even <laughs> have my tech nightmare stories. I mean, we all have them. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't have, if you want a, a kind of a quick fix, 
talk to the the people in your industry and ask them what they use and what they like, what they don't like. And, and they can tell you from their experience, what worked for them and what didn't. And in that way, it can save you some pain by (laughs) signing up for that tool. Oh, this has got to be the one it's it. And then you get in there and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is so not what I needed, or I don't Mm -hmm. understand it. I have no idea how to set this up. So you know, do you, that's, that's another way to figure out what, what tech is good for you too, is by talking to your colleagues in your industry as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. So you touched briefly earlier about social media management too, but we didn't really talk about how to handle that with technology. So what would you recommend for social media? So there are several great tools out there. My, my most recent favorite and the one I use is called Sendable. And it is amazing because you can schedule posts, you can repurpose posts, and you can source user-generated content all in one place. It also has a whole, it has a great piece of metrics and analytics tracking um, with, it's. I mean, it's sort of kind of just one price point and it gives you everything you need that other tools charge you extra for. I mean, some tools charge you this amount for being able to schedule your posts And then it's extra to have great analytics and and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Sendable is one of my favorite tools for putting all my content in there. And and you can do it. You can schedule it. You can instant post the whole nine yards. And it covers all the major platforms, including Google My Business, which is rare. Not as many Mm -hmm. tools cover Google My Business. So if you do use Google My Business and you're posting to it manually, I highly recommend Sendable because it will send it to Google My Business for you. Um, There are some tools. If you're a big Instagram person or big uh, Pinterest person, those tools work. uh, You know, that tool works for that. But Later and Tailwind are two tools that are very specific to Pinterest and and Instagram because they're so picture um, Mm -hmm. oriented and in and design oriented because some people like to have a sculpted Instagram look and some people want their pins to go out in a certain way. And these tools are designed to help you do that and see that before it actually posts to your feed. So those are two tools for your Instagram and Pinterest that you can consider if you're really heavy into into those two uh, platforms and you like to have your feed look a certain way. It's really easy to, to do that there. And then there are some other tools like Meet Edgar and Buffer. Buffer is a tool for getting started with, and that is very budget friendly. Now, of course, it's also very limited in what you get for that lower budget, right. but it's a place to start. It does let you schedule posts. It does let you see minimal analytics until you pay for the higher level. And, um, and you can do, you do things like that. Those tools are some of the better tools for that, um, that are out there. And Meet Edgar, one of Meet Edgar's great things is it allows you to create categories of the kinds of posts you're putting out, and it lets you build your calendar of your your scheduling tool um, by category um, so that, you know, when you're, you look at the calendar in there and it's like at nine o'clock, this is a blog post at 12 Mm -hmm. o'clock, this is YouTube video at 11 at 3 p.m. It's a quote, you know, you can do that so that when you throw things into your queue, you're you're throwing it into a category and it automatically goes out and it repurposes thereon um, and that kind of a thing. So Meet Editor is a little bit on the higher priced side, but it is a very good, robust tool. And it has, if I remember correctly, it has pretty good analytics and metrics 
um, for the price point that it is. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the things that I wanted you to touch on too is, you know, okay, this is great. We're talking about a lot of technology that can be used in all different areas, but there's subscription costs to that, whether you're paying monthly or you have to pay, you know, for the year up front, and that can become expensive. So how would you, you know, counsel someone to kind of decide what they really should use based on their budget or how do they even determine what that budget might be because it can become so expensive with everything that's you know having to be paid for definitely a lot of tools have a either a free level or a baseline level that you that you can start with and is usually pretty affordable and then you can grow from there within that tool because i try to recommend tools that start out basic and grow with more money but if you're growing your business and making more money, you can do that because it's much easier to up level a, a subscription and in, in a tool you're already in than to start with a tool that is locked in at a certain level. And if you outgrow it, then you get to migrate mm-hmm. that whole tool to the next best tool. And that can be time consuming and that can be super costly too. It's usually right. better to find that tool that can grow with you whenever possible. And so many of them do that now because they get that. They understand mm-hmm. that not everybody can afford $500 a month for a tool. Right. Um, now there are tools out there that think that that's all you, that you should pay that no matter what. And, you know, so those <laughs> tools are clearly out for some people on a budget and that's okay because they're, that's the good thing about having so many different tools, versions of a tool, but made by different companies, because many of them will do a great job of whatever that tool is for a very affordable price and let mm-hmm. you grow and expand and pay more later, as opposed to those ones that are the best thing out there, but you're going to pay for that best thing out there, whether you can afford it or not. (laughs) Um, You know, that the the software developers have really started to listen to the market. They Mm -hmm. get that not everybody can spend tons of money a month on tools, but they also get that people need the tools. Mm -hmm. So they're really, they're really stepping up their game in providing what they can at a more affordable rate and then letting it grow with you too, so that, you know, you don't have to jump from tool to tool to tool as you can afford the more expensive tool along the way. Right. So of course, technology is great. It's going to help us be efficient and systematized, but sometimes you should still have real people doing the work. So when would you counsel someone to keep the process in the hands of a person versus technology? Anything that is client facing Um, or potential client facing. I mean, the social media engagement definitely needs to be a a live human being. Um, And it can be an assistant. It doesn't have to be the business owner. But when you're talking to people, you need to be a person talking to them because even if they're using scripts to a certain extent, it's still a very personable conversation with a human being. Mm -hmm. It's not true because when you you auto-generate messages, especially on social media, like in DMs, Mm-hmm. It's pretty obvious when it's an auto-generated generic message and, you know, right. that can be a turnoff to many people. So, um, you know, keep your client interactions as human as possible, you know, have a, a, a customer service rep or a client care person to be handling the, the emails and, you know, chat and things like that. And that's the biggest place to keep it with a human being doing it. The other areas where you, you might need to keep things human, so to speak, is someone's got to manage all this tech. 
someone's got to make sure it doesn't break or if it breaks, they're on top of it and fixing it. So I, you definitely have someone who's going to oversee the tech after you set it up because just setting it up and letting it run and, and not paying attention to it ever again right. is a problem. Right. <laughs> that can be a problem. Even your own, even your website, you know, something mm-hmm. as simple as your website needs to be checked regularly to make sure nothing is broken, to make sure you haven't been hacked, to make sure, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things, you know, everything's updated so that it doesn't crash. And, you know, those kinds of things are important. Um, you know, if you do have a, a type of business where answering phones is, is, is a thing, keep it human. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have that in, initial message, you know, that says, you know, pick one to talk to Joe, pick two. But once it gets there, that needs to be a human. And there's, there's plenty of answering services out there. If you don't, you know, if you're an online business and you don't want someone sitting in your office here at your house, like me, answering mm-hmm. phone calls while you're trying to work, you know, there's, there are good um, human run online answering services that you can use to be your, your secretary or your receptionist by phone um, and not have to have them sitting in your home office or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That is where, you know, the, the human connection is, the, is where things are important that humans continue to do it. Um, as far as, especially once they become a client, I mean, er, you know, most people are pretty aware that once you opt into something, you're going to get some generated emails that are marketing emails and newsletters and things like that. They know that, and that's, that's accepted practice. But when you want to talk to them about, you know, becoming a client or they are a client, the more you can do with that human factor, the better that's where, and that's one reason why automating and systematizing and using tech is so important is because then you do have that time and space to really focus on that human contact and relationship. Right. Well, this has been a great topic and I know we're running short on time, but I did want to ask if you have an offer that you would like to share with the listeners. Well, I would love for listeners to come over to my podcast. It's called building your empire with Sophie Zoe. And it is a weekly podcast with little short 10 to 15 minute um, episodes uh, with the latest biz tip or trick that I'm putting out there to help you grow your business, to build your empire, as I call it. Um, Mm -hmm. It's on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts. It is on, uh, and you can go to my website, sophiezo.com to check it out. I do keep my episodes on my website as well. And for anyone who's curious to know more about tech, tech stacks, and all the things that, you know, is involved there, systems and organization. I do have a free 30-minute chat uh, that you can book a call with me on my website as well uh, to, you know, to, to learn more about the different tech stack and whatnot and see what you need to do. Because even if I can't help you or if I'm, you know, if, if we're not a fit, I can still point you in that right direction of, well, you know, this isn't, I can't do this, but I know someone who can kind of a thing because I'm all about right. sharing the wealth with others in my, in my network, because I have a huge network of people who, who do things that I don't do and vice versa. So definitely if it's of interest to learn more uh, from me directly, you can book a call on my website as well. Okay. And any other way they can reach out to you other than your website? I'm on almost all of the platforms, social media wise. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Clubhouse, and Instagram. And uh, I'm either Sophie Zoe or the Sophie Zoe on those platforms for because uh, so, someone got Sophie Zoe before I did. 
And, and of course there's always email. You can email me at Sophie and that's S O P H not F I E at sophiezo.com. Perfect. Well, thank you, Sophie, for being my guest today. I really appreciate your sharing your expertise. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And, and as a, as a techie kind of person, uh, I love, I love talking about it. So it was really great to be here and to be able to to geek out with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. And I do also want to thank the listeners for tuning in. I hope you found this topic interesting and it helped answer some questions on business tech and implementation to streamline, automate, and systematize your business. And I hope that you'll also share this podcast with those you know. I'd really appreciate your support. If you have any other questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Sophie at the link she shared, or you can email me at media at abandp.com. I hope you can join us for next week's topic, all you need to know about Medicare, but we're afraid to ask. And please remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. And remember, you can find the podcast also posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.